When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcast. Just that sly five right there. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week with two shows every Monday and every Friday. Also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Please go ahead and join Ox1947 and the whole gang right there in so many of the forums right there at LakersBall.com. Plus, of course, the amazing articles and conversations you can also have if you're a Lakers fan at Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out Laker Tom's latest articles and the madman himself, Jamie Sweet, Admiral Akbar. He always has five things going on at Lakerholics.com. So be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I do want to make a note to everyone out there that's watching this and also listening that we're going to be delayed for the next couple of weeks on our shows. It's going to be every Tuesday and Friday for YouTube, just to let you know. And I'm trying to see if I can coincide that with the audio as well. So just to let everyone know that our shows the next couple of weeks will be delayed a couple of days, but we've still got two shows on target for you each week right here for the next couple of weeks at the Lakers Fast Break. Got some good stuff. Laker Tom and I discussed, among other things, things that you out there are talking about as far as our comments on Lakerholics.com and also the great people, the great folks at our awesome YouTube page. Big shout out to you. We answered some of the things that you were talking about. We evaluated some of the things that you talked about. So we got an episode coming up on that. And also as well coming up, we've got Stone Hansen on the Lakers, his thoughts, and also as well as a member of the Upside Swings podcast, his thoughts in the NBA draft as well. But for this episode, we do know at least one team into the NBA Finals, so we'll come up later on with an NBA Playoffs update. We'll also talk about the coaching carousel continuing. How so? Well, the opinions out there, including Bill Plaschke, again in the news in Lakers land because 
He, as the longtime writer of the LA Times, he's got some thoughts on who he wants to be the next LA Lakers coach. And I'm not sure I agree with that, but we also give an update on Terry Stotts and what's going on with him and the Lakers and just provide a little bit of update there. But guys are here now. We've got both Laker Tom and Joe Sorrell standing by. But the first thing I wanted to ask is, Laker Tom has addressed it in the recent past, and I know Joe Soro as well, is you've got a little bit of cash going into the free agent market once everything is all set up and done and the draft is done and you're talking about the free agency period right around July 1st. And with that in mind, the Lakers do have some financial options they have to consider, things that are going around back and forth. So here today to talk about what the Lakers should do with a or whatever amount they have for the mid-level exception, whatever that may be. So I know there's some options that Laker Thomas discussed in recent episodes, so we'll go ahead and discuss that as well. But first up, it is the man behind many of the forums at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrell. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Wanted to go ahead and give you a big shout-out. Hope everything is all well with you. I know you were off a little bit. I know you were out and about, but great to have you back, my friend, and you're always welcome here right up back on the show. Thank you very much. It's been a whirlwind of business. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I had to come back to a lot of tragedy uh, last few days. Um, we discussed that off air, and I think we've talked about it enough, but I, you know, I was, like we ended the conversation, uh, you know, sports is our, our therapy, and it's definitely my therapy. And I'd like to get back to talking about stuff that's entertainment and useless in the grand scheme of things, but nonetheless entertainment. Uh, the mid-level exception, the coaching carousel, uh, I'm, I'm happy with the coaching carousel situation at the moment. It definitely shouldn't be something that – it definitely should not be something – uh, that they need to address immediately. I think they need to continue to take their time. I think another month would be good. And I think that's probably how long it's going to take. I, I know they want it before the draft. So, you know, I'll, I guess I'll take that. That's around 27 days. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's likely, it's looking like they're good. They're going to meet that date. Who to get? Uh, Stouts or Ham seem to be the, the one and two at the moment. Uh, Stotts is an offensive type. Darvin Ham has some lineage to the, to the Lakers as an assistant coach. I have read that there has been some possibility that if Stotts doesn't get a head coaching job, he may he may he he he, he might take the an assistant's job for the time he being. Said, but, he said he wasn't going to do that. Okay. <clears throat> But those were rumors that were that were floated around. Yeah. Way. So the question now is 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 he going to Belichick it if he doesn't get hired? Is Stotts going to be the type of guy that this particular team are going to listen to? The scariest part about what I've read in the last two weeks is support for Westbrook coming back. Magic. <laughs> Stotts playing the interested role in that. Hey, I might. You know, I feel like I can help. It's it, it made my stomach hurt uh, in both cases. 
It's I was wrong last year. I was wrong last year in thinking that Westbrook would work. I highly doubt I'm going to be wrong again thinking the other way. <laughs> I just don't see it, guys. He's not he, – we cannot have him back. And it wasn't even his decision-making on the offensive side. It was his inability to play team defense when it mattered, especially when it mattered in the waning minutes of tight games. He seemed to always make the wrong decision, whether in, whether being out of position or whether making a bad decision in where he was covering his part of the defense. Stotts doesn't seem to be the type of guy that these guys are going to listen to and say, oh, I got to listen to Coach Stotts. It's just, you know, he's he's the man. I don't, I don't, I don't see them looking at him like that. Darvin Ham, on the other hand, maybe there's some rela- relatability there from a closer generation. He did play a little, and he still looks like he can play. He's, he's up and six, coming. I think he's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, so you, you can't just, intimidate him. Well, Stotts is pretty tall, too. Um, is he ready for this? Hmm. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's no other answer other than I don't know if Darvin Ham is the right guy. Stotts' offensive specialty could lend a hand. But this team is going to have to embrace him. If Westbrook is there, I do not see that happening at all. I see him maybe trying a little bit at the beginning. And as soon as the Lakers go on a two or three game losing streak and the media starts getting on Westbrook and the Lakers and some Yahoo fan comes out of nowhere and calls him Westbrook, everything's going to start veering up this way again. So that's where I stand on that. Who we can get for the MLE? Who do you like? The question is, who do I like that's realistic Mm -hmm. for that money? Bridges, Levine, no. Who is going to take that number and be exactly what we need them to be? I don't know that either. (laughs) I'm going to wait for Tom to maybe answer that. Well, I know Tom has had some few ideas on that. And it is, speaking of which, the devil himself. Only kidding. <laughs> it is a good man indeed. It is Laker Tom, the man behind Lakerholics.com. And Laker Tom, great to have you back, my friend. You and I have discussed over the past recent episodes about what the Lakers can do financially, depending on what they decide, what revenue they commit financially. They could have a little more or a little less as far as for those mid-tier, mid-level exception type individuals. So with that in mind, if you have that going forward as far as an idea where you want to go, what are you leaning to? What, what way are, do you think the Lakers would be leaning to in order to go ahead and get players with the mid-level exception area or about a, amount of money that they have or that they well, may have? Let me, let me first explain to everybody that, that the big difference is whether or not the Lakers are willing to accept the hard cap of, 155 to 157 million dollars for all our total salaries for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't accept that hard cap, they get a 6.4 million dollar MLE, which they can use on one or more players. Um, and if they are willing to hard cap, they get a 10.4 million dollar 
MLE to use on one or more players, plus a $4.1 million uh, biannual exception. Since they didn't use it last year, they'd be eligible for that this year. So it's, a, it's an additional $8 million in free agents that they can get. In other words, you get $14 million, 8.8 instead of eight point instead of just uh, the six. So everything that I see looking at the Lakers that's realistic trades for Westbrook and so forth probably are workable with the Lakers being hard cap. They can they can stay under the hard cap if they trade Westbrook um, and that they're careful on the money that they bring back on certain people. Um, and uh, you know that basically they're not going to go out and trade for $47 million and get back $57 million in, in salaries. They're going to have to trade $47 million of Russ and get back $42 million. They do a couple of moves like that. With same thing with Horton Taylor, Horton Tucker. You pay, you trade his $10 million maybe and and, and maybe uh, Nunn's $5 million and you'd be get back $10 million for 15. You do a couple of moves like that, you can get under the cap. That gives you that extra people that you can get for the MLE. Um, so I think, and the reason that's important is because there's not a lot of money in free agency this year. There's only like four teams that are going to have significant free agency money. And so as a result, what happens is there's a bunch of people that want to get that MLE and there's a bunch of teams, a whole lot of teams that got the $6.4 million. There's fewer teams that have the $10.4 million, but those are the points where it's really important. You'll see some free agents that, that have some power. Will sign for seven million dollars and twelve million dollars because it's they're beating out all of those other teams that have MLEs uh, with free agency. So I think that there's a lot of people that you know you go for somebody. If I were the Lakers, I'd hard cap myself and I'd go for the ten point four million and I'd, I'd focus on a guy like Hartenstein or Bruce Brown, guys that would be immediately impact for the team, and I'd overpay to get them. I'd go all the way up to the ten point four million dollars and get a guy who could really impact the team. Um, and then you got the BAE. That's a whole nother set of people. And and the Warriors have got four minimum salary players that are pretty good guys that you're seeing produced right now in the series that you're watching. Um, and uh, four four of those guys would be good eligible candidates for the four million dollar BAE. Um, as for the coaching thing, the last thing I read was from Sean Devani on Heavy.com, and it was really disturbing because what he was saying was that. Um, Kurt Rambis, <laughs> Kurt Rambis and Magic Johnson are the ones that are, are pushing for, uh, Darvin Ham. And the reason that they're pushing for Darvin Ham is because they think they can, they can force him to, they can push him. They think he's pliable since he's just, hasn't been a head coach that they can force him to play the way they want to play, which is more traditional and with Russ Westbrook. Um, and I feel the same exact way. I, you know, uh, Joe did a perfect job, man, of illustrating and saying exactly all of the reasons why Russell Westbrook cannot come back to this team. What part of no do you not understand? Yeah, I know. It's just crazy. But at any rate, um, I like Darvin Ham. Um, and I think that the thing's important is that his entire lineage and all of the time he spent coaching has been under Coach Bud. So there's two things that Bud's emphasized in every single job he's had, Atlanta, both with the both with the Spurs and then with Atlanta and then with Milwaukee, which is ball movement and shooting. I want to see the Lakers play that kind of basketball. 
I'm so tired of this isolation ball with the other four guys just standing around holding their socks. You know, it's, uh, it's just so frustrating. So uh, I like Darvin Ham. Um, you know, I also heard that, that Magic, uh, they were saying, and Devonnie was saying that LeBron wants, wants Duck Rivers. Um, Bill Plasky yet I heard wants another Doc article Rivers. saying that Doc Rivers, that LeBron didn't want Doc Rivers. That, you know, so Doc Rivers would be the worst thing. I can't understand that. That's, those are the two stupidest things going on in sports media right now, nearly to the Lakers. Who would want to have Doc Rivers coach the team if you were in the field of the Lakers? Well, let me ask you this. Who would want Russell Westbrook back again next year if you were the Lakers? Well, let me ask you this. If it was you that said that, uh, or you were actually a subscriber of the LA Times and and you'd read that Bill Plasky article where he wants Doc Rivers, would you unsubscribe? You should have. You should have way. I don't subscribe to the LA Times and. And I've even resisted their offer of six months for a dollar. Lasky is a which is has got to be something based on, on principle. Instead, I've learned that if you go to you know Google and you go to one of the, uh, the the other the private section and you type that in again, you'll get the article somewhere. Lasky, Lasky is the definition of a hack. It is no kidding, man. He is a hack. He is anti-Laker. He gets up in the morning, thinks about the Lakers. And no says, respect for what, that guy. What? What can I get Laker fans to click on just out of anger at seeing it? Yeah, he's the heel. He's the he, he's like a heel in wrestling. He just yeah. does. He knows that's the only talent he has is to create. Neg- I got my negativity. stick. I got my stick, and I'm going to run with it. Yeah, he's got his he's got his negative stick, and because he's got no nothing positive, which right. then people get turned off. So what what what's the best thing to get your audience to continue to read? It's the Skip Bayless effect. You have talentless hacks who are able to make a career because you have moths, dumb moths that are just flames to that. They just, well, they're attracted to that. Well, that I mean, we, we, we contribute to it because, you know, I click. On I don't, I don't. The guys that Laker ball do, they're posting Skip Bayless videos and his, and using his name and Plasky. And I've said it over and over. I said, guys, stop sharing their crap. Well, how about about ESPN having the announcers for the game discussing the game? You've got Stephen A. Smith and Will Bond? Really? I mean, these are guys that that, they don't even – they're just generalists. They don't even follow the sport of basketball more than they do football or baseball or or anything else. It's – it's. You know, it's just amazing that that they would be the guys there. They're your commentators and, you know, what's happening in the sport. Too much hypocrisy. It's all, you know, everyone says I can't stand Stephen A. Smith. People say that. I don't, I don't dislike Stephen A. Smith, but if you'll dislike him so much everywhere you see the writing, (laughs) why not? Well, at least Stephen A. Smith flip-flops like the rest of us do at times. You know, I mean, you take somebody like Bayless. He just, you know, it's this is a whole career based. There's on a LeBron. shelf life. That's why. Yeah. There's a shelf life. I hate that. LeBron. If you hate LeBron, listen to me. Come listen to me. If you hate LeBron, it, it, it's it, there's a shelf life. I think at some point, unless you're ridiculously talented, your 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 stick is done. I don't. I, 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 I we've talked about this before. I, I'm I'm amazed that. Colin Cowherd and Jim Rome and all these guys still are doing shows. I, I listened to Jim Rome's show. I had totally forgotten about Jim Rome. And then he showed up on CBS a few years back and I listened to his show and I, I, I kind of got a, 
time travel feel in my head. Like I remember hearing him on the radio in college in, in the late nineties and it's the same show. Oh, 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 incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like every, it's the same show. I don't think I can watch the same show. I think the last time I did that was uh, CSI, the original CSI. I remember, I think season 55 or whatever. I'm like, what am I watching this for? They've done everything. What? Why am I even watching this? I think I just wanted to see it end. And it just so happened that at that moment when I thought of it, it the show ended. <laughs> um, they had a reboot. And I said, I'm not going to watch that crap. I'm like, it's over. Like, it, it, enough is enough. We want, I want something new. And when you don't have talent, like guys like Skip Bayless, I, I, I think Stephen A. Smith does have a little talent. I just wish he'd stop yelling all the time. Uh, <laughs> but he but gets paid by the yell. I know, but I don't, I don't want to listen to someone yell. It, it's, it's like me, right? When I get angry and yell, people are more apt to go, well, that's Joe yelling. Now, if my wife yells... Everyone's going to go, whoa, what the hell just happened? Something must have really bad happened. That's what I want. That's, again, that's why I married her, you know, because, you know, a little bit serious, a little bit more patient, all that, right? I'm not. I I think the internet helps, though. I I don't have to, I can get little tidbits of Stephen A. Smith if I happen to want to listen to what he's saying. Uh, I thought what he said today about Colin Cowherd, you know, the players being, he's tired of the players saying, he needs to be in the NFL. He's like, dude, there are quarterbacks in the NFL that are there every day working their butts off, and it's hard. How are you going to have this guy in the NFL when he's been gone for six years? So times like that, I do want to listen because that sounds like logic, but more often than not, it's about something else, and it's about repeating everything you said, and, you know, again, it is what it is. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. You forced me down. I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing. I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks is to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let me get Sean in here once again. It is the Lakers fast break. Want to go ahead and bring him on now. It is the magic man, the guy from Toronto, who is just, tell you what, it's great to have him back here on the show. Magic man, you've heard the debate back and forth. You've heard the things that have gone on. You've got the situation with the coaching carousel still going on. It's a little slower, but it's still going on. You've got Bill Plaschke wanting Doc Rivers for some reason. Maybe he you know, marijuana is pretty good at the LA Times. I don't know. But I will say that right now that there are a lot of things that are still left out there, but when it comes to the money that the Lakers should spend, where should they allocate it as well? Thank you very much, Gerald. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think the Lakers really need to invest at this point in a coach for the long term. I mean, the, the fact is LeBron is my age. He's 37. He's going to be turning 38 in December. Um, it's whoever, whoever you're getting as a bridge coach, it's not worth it to, to just, 
you know, basically play out the string basically of LeBron's career and then and then replace this person. You wanna you wanna develop a culture. And it's interesting. I've been I've been following the uh, the fast break, and uh, it's been a great conversation, particularly with you three gentlemen. And um, one of a fascinating conversation about uh, culture that took place is between uh, Joe and Gerald. And um, Joe had briefly mentioned how um, you know you can see certain teams. Uh, drafts certain individuals with a pedigree. And I'll just give you an example. So the team that's headed towards the NBA Finals is the Golden State Warriors. Both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson's fathers both played in the NBA. Their sons are excellent NBA players. The team Golden State recently defeated, Memphis, while T. Morant wasn't a professional basketball player, Ray Allen was. And Ray Allen is a good family friend of the Morants. And you also have somebody like Jaron Jackson Jr., whose father played in the NBA. So we're seeing a development here, Gerald, where NBA scouts basically covet uh, a prospect whose father or uncle played professional sports. They understand the lifestyle, they understand the responsibility. And while most of them don't work out, we see a lot of them do. A lot of them are in the NBA right now. And I think that's something that the Lakers need to build towards. They need to develop a culture. Do we develop young talent here? Do we bring you in and allow you to develop two to three skills that we think you have and another one we think you could develop? Or are we going to be a team that just brings in a couple of stars and fills in around the edges? Because that has a shelf life. Developmental, the idea of bringing in guys, bringing in certain personalities into your locker room, it makes a huge difference, and we we've we've seen it this year, unfortunately, with uh, with the Boston Celtics. They they changed their locker room dynamic a little bit, and it's paid off tremendously. Not too bad, my friend. So, your thoughts on this, man? You've you've got the situation going on with the coaching carousel continuously, but when it comes to mid-level exception where should they allocate their funds who should they allocate their funds on who should the lakers build their future towards little by little with some great pickups that can get the lakers back in contention once again yeah you know i have to agree with uh with tom i mean uh you look at hardenstein he would uh that's a guy that fits that mold i mean really he's you can bring him in for four or five years uh, maybe longer, depending on his skill set and the, the way you want to develop uh, the team. Um, another guy I really like is, uh, again, I'm, I'm bringing him up, is um, Cody Martin. Um, he was a backup in Charlotte this year. But if you look at his numbers and project it into, you know, 36 to 40 minutes, he's a 40% three-point shooter. He's got a pretty good uh, in-and-out game. Um, Mid-range isn't quite there yet, but um, he's got a bloodline too. His brother Caleb 
was uh, was a really good uh, college basketball player, and uh, I think that's another guy you could bring in and try and solidify and build a culture towards. Very good suggestions right there for you. Once again, it is the magic man, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto, which is leading my angels right now, which I'm not too happy about, but you know, what can we do about that? But it is the Lakers fast break. What'd you say, Sean? Yeah. Don't get me started on Toronto sports, man. Like the Leafs are still drowning in their tears here. Like it's, it's what happened to them is unreal. What can you say? I, it is, I've never uh, seen anything like it in sports. When was the last time they won a game seven? There, there, there was, it was, it's been like how many years? 1999, Joe. Jeez. That's uh, torture. That is torture indeed. It's like the but, Oakland A's winning a series, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm like, sorry for you. I know, I know you have the next. Well, you know, sorry, Lemieux I'm, there, I'm but. Actually, uh, I'm actually a Montreal Canadiens fan, so. I, I was living it up last year when we beat them in seven games and we had no business. I was I was living it up on Danforth, brother. Well, Very let good. me ask you this. Do you care that Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1993? I do not, sir. You you don't care, so it doesn't matter, right? Okay. I, I just want I was just always wanted to know if, yeah, if Canada no. if Canadians, you know, start cheering for the next Canadian team to win it all. This looks like no one cares. And of course, the last time I, I remember that series, I was, I was saying, Marty McSlor- McSorley. They had to find a reason to, to to jack him so that you know Patrick Walk can win his title. I, I, I that was a that was a frustrating way to die. <laughs> you know what? You know something. You know what's funny about that? The Leafs should the Leafs should have played the Canadians in the Stanley Cup because Gretzky high stick Doug Doug Gilmore. And drew blood, and the refs looked the other way. That's because gonna, Gretzky was yeah, never we're known not to call do that. Against the greatest player ever, Are you kidding me? No, I, 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 I thought that was by far the best. Uh, that that seven game series against Toronto was phenomenal, and then of course, I was hoping for a, a, a win there against Montreal. But you having Gretzky did it against New York, baby. I, I know. I, I was hoping that Gretzky could get his title in L.A. Uh, since it changed the landscape of the NHL so much and LA winning a Stanley cup. It was nice to see them win in 12 and 14 though. I, I had a lot of time, good, I had a lot of fun watching those two, those two seasons. It was, oof, man, it, Joe, it kept, it kept the banners going up in Staples. That, that's you, for sure. Have you seen Pete Berg's 30 for 30 Kings ransom? It's great. Check it out. I'll check it out. Pete Berg is a extremely good director. I I'm surprised I haven't seen that one. Yet. I'll check that one out for sure. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us here in the penalty box right here. We renamed the show. <laughs> it's the Lakers fast. Hey, break. man, we're, we're sportsmen. Hey, what can I say? I am a Golden Knights fan. I'm a converted Kings to Golden Knights fan. Golden Knights, their first year, they have to go ahead. And what happens when you get an NBA team, Gerald? Well, no, I will still. That's coming. You're coming. It's coming but in 2024. Take a look at my wall. Take a look at my wall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, when they renew the contract, check those banners in the back of your picture there. Make sure uh, the right team. They they are always going to be purple and gold. That is never going to change. That's and a good discussion games. to have, by the way. I want to I want to really delve into the the, the expansion of the NBA. Yeah, well, uh, we will. Let's touch on that this summer because we're going to have mm-hmm. lots to talk about. We're going to have lots of time to talk about, especially in the dead time of August. 
There's only one month in the year that the NBA is dead in, and that's August after the uh, summer league is over. But Sean, like Europe, they go yeah. on vacation. Yes, Sean, real quick, and then I'm going to go ahead and hit back to Laker Tom. Absolutely, Joe. I just wanted to say, um, I understand why some Lakers fans might have been morose the past couple of weeks with some of the headlines, but I'd just like to point out that although Adrian Wojnarowski works for ESPN, he he's becoming somewhat of a troll of the Lakers. Like that that headline, <laughs> the headline was this: UM coach displays lack of interest in Lakers job. Well, that, that overture is just not true. I mean, Rob Polinka already asked Joan Howard if he would be the coach in 2019. He said, no, I'm good. I'm good here. I'm an alumni. I'm not, they're not going to fire me. Plus, his sons are there. He's yeah, got to so go. He, 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 he slapped that one away. You know, LeBron's willing to away. change teams to play with his son. Like, you know. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just and, crazy. Yeah, and there was another one about Russ. The headline was, Lakers – Lakers discern interest in coaches who like want to work with Russell Westbrook. Well, that's Rob hedging his bets. That's Rob saying, you know what? In interviews, we might not be able to trade him. So you're going to have to try and figure out a way to implement him into whatever offense you're running. Yeah. It's called benching him. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a valid, there's a, that's a valid question to ask coaches because Mm-hmm. You want to ask them questions that that put them in a situation where they've got to make an uncomfortable decision, because that's very often what you're going to be faced with during the season. And so, every coach has to be looking at those situations, and so does the front office. It, that's why you build your roster, where you've got reserves and you've got emergency guys that can do all of the various skill sets that you need to do. Um, and so, I, that question doesn't bother me as much because I. I also think that the Lakers are doing a masterful job of running the PR that they're not going to trade Russell and that they're going to possibly bring him back. Um, and he's very valuable now, you know. I mean, uh, we might have teams that might want to get him for his because he's a player and not just for his contract, you know. I mean, they're they're doing a great job of that. And I think that to be honest with you, I think they've done a good job of the coaching search in the same sense. We've had all of this negative stuff flying around, but they've they've sort of identified somebody that they're going out for. And I, and the, when I look at the various things, and and I and I am bothered by the fact that that uh, thinking that they're trying to get a young coach that might be more impressionable, but I don't get that feeling from what I've read about Darvin Ham. Um, he's a very outspoken guy, and and like somebody said, he's six seven. He's six seven. He's a guy who broke back broke a backboard off in college, you know. And and he was a he was a PJ Tucker type player in the NBA. He played bigger than his position and bigger than his size. Um, and he played on a he played under a coach who played the kind of basketball that. I watch Golden State play every time I watch these Warriors play, you know. I mean, I, I posted a tweet the other day that said, you know, it, it just kills me that the boy that I'm a Northern California native, yet I'm a Laker fan. But I have to listen and listen to these these entitled bandwagon Warriors fans till the 
till hell freezes over. I've even lost my I've even lost my grand two granddaughters and my son who have become Warrior fans. And it's because of the way they play. My son, my grandson's the only one I've been able to hold on to as a Lakers fan. Well, let's go ahead and close out the conversation for today. The NBA playoffs uh, update for you before we head on out. And that is, again, as Sean mentioned, that the Golden State Warriors, with the victory 120 to 110 over the Dallas Mavericks, have moved on to the NBA Finals, four games to one, gentlemen's sweep there. Where in the other side of the realm, it looks like the dreaded Boston Celtics, who are going to be heading to the NBA Finals because they have a three to two lead. Thank God for the Warriors. <laughs> Miami is a mash unit, and unfortunately, half the team is injured. At least the important players are. And unfortunately, right now, Boston, with the big win in game five, has all the odds in their favor. So before we head on out, Mr. Joe Soro, and I also hit you up, Sean, before we head on out. Joe, I wanted to go ahead and make sure your thoughts on the NBA playoffs. Boston looks like they're when they're if, got, if they could field all their players, if they could put all their players on the court, they're going to be a tough team to match up, even against the Warriors. They are, but the Warriors seem to have a a little bit of destiny behind them, and Steph Curry just won the first Western Conference MVP. The Magic Johnson Award. Award. The Magic Johnson Award. I, he, what's only really the only thing that's missing for him is a finals MVP. And then he can, I, they've been talking about him creeping into the top 10. I think that's a little overstated. Uh, I don't think he'll ever, in my book, be a top 10 player. I, I can, I'll give him maybe top 15, top 20 for sure. But top 10 is sacred because uh, you're not taking anybody out of the 10. And I can name, 15 that belong in the 10, let alone 10. Uh, Top 10 most impactful players. It's not, it's not, it's not to denigrate Steph Curry. It's just, there's too many great players that I would pick over Steph. It's not his fault. I I think Steph Curry's hasn't has the chance because he and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are the ultimate team players they have a legitimate shot within the next few years to maybe get five and six. They legitimately have a shot. Clay Thompson, I'm going to probably wait maybe another year to see if he's, I mean, it looks like he's, he's coming along. And I, I, I really do hope he is the exception because torn Achilles and messed up ACL usually means death. And I, I'm, I'm going to assume that every time, no matter what. But if he happens to be Dominique Wilkins early 19, it was a 1991, 92, 93, where he played really well off of a torn uh, Achilles, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that for him because I, I love Michael Thompson. And, I, and, and I, I've had the privilege of knowing that Clay Thompson is every bit who he is on TV in real life. I'm very good friends with his former teacher from Santa Margarita High School, and she absolutely loves Clay Thompson and says he's a sweetheart. So, they deserve it. They deserve everything they get. Let me ask you this before we head on out. It looks like since we're going to be showing and playing uh, episodes already taped in the next couple of weeks, just to let everybody know before we go back live, the finals will have already started and gone underway. It looks more and more like a Boston Golden State deal. So I'll ask you, Laker Tom, I'll ask you, Sean, before we head on out, your thoughts on a Boston Golden State finals. <laughs> I think I've induced pain 
to Joe Zorro. We have, we are going to be Warrior fans. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's I, got, what's your prediction though? My prediction is I I believe it's not going past five or six and Golden State's gonna win. They're on a mission, they're playing good defense, and their offense is phenomenal. And if if Steph and Claire are gonna do what they did this tonight, and I think they very well can. I know Boston's shown phenomenal. It's it's been phenomenal what they've done this year. They 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 deserve what what's coming to them. But the reality is, looking at it from beyond the Celtic thing or whatever, Golden State is a better team, and they're performing a little bit better. And I, I and barring any major injury, they're winning the championship. Okay. No matter what. In how many games? Five or six? You said. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. My instincts say five. Six is the, the 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 easy number. I don't see it going seven. All right. I think I think I'm pretty sure Golden State's going to have a have who more had the better record. This. Who who has home court advantage? Uh, Golden State does. Golden State does. Sean, your thoughts on the series itself? Again, it's looking more and more like we are going to go to a series between Boston and Golden State. So, your thoughts? Who's going to take it all this time around in the finals? Well, you know who I'm rooting for. I know who we're all rooting for. I hope that it's a sweep. That's what that's what I'm hoping. It probably won't be a sweep, but that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the Warriors sweep them. Uh, I think every game will be, man, it, it could be five yards in a cloud of dust in a couple of these games. Um, so if that's the case, Maybe you give each team a game there, but I just think the Warriors are the more skilled team. And the deeper we go in the playoffs, Gerald, it, it doesn't matter who has the best player, it's the best team. And as much as as much as people wanted to give Steph the MVP year, uh, Iggy won it. I'll, I'm gonna bring up an unpopular opinion here. I actually thought Dennis Rodman should have won the 1996. Uh, NBA Finals MVP award over Michael Jordan. I thought he he dominated the Sonics front court, and and if you look at the numbers, Mike just played okay against Gary Payton and um, Nate McMillan. So I, I think Steph's going to have a couple of monster games, and the Warriors win in six. Okay, fair enough indeed. But getting the last word in edgewise is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. <laughs> now see it. You live in the Bay Area, so if you pick the Celtics, I think somebody's going to be knocking on your door there. Tom, we'll I, have some I can at least root with the rest of my family now, huh? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so who are your pick in the NBA Finals? You know, sorry, I Miami. I, I think the Warriors are going to win in five, but I think that what we're going to see is the Warriors win three of the next four championships. You're talking about a team with, with in their prime still, three players that, that are you know that, that like Sean said, they're three very team first players, and those guys are going to be very difficult. And then you give them Wiggins the way that Wiggins is playing right now, and Poole the way that Poole is playing right now, and excuse me, but. You know, that's you not know, what that's what Weissman too. Their center is their center is just killing them, man. And the future um, with Kaminga and Moody along and, with Wiseman. 
Kaminga, Wiseman, and you know, and then the guys that you know, like I basically wrote an article and I went down and trying to pick the best four targets for the Lakers with their BAE for four million dollars, and I ended up picking four Warriors, four Warriors that are probably not going to be coming back simply because they got these other guys that are going to come in there and take those minutes up. You know, that's going to be, they won three out of four when they were in their prime and they probably should have won four out of four. So your thoughts, they blew that three to one lead and they're the next four years are going to be hard like that because the thing that's really in the Lakers way right now is the golden state warriors. So you're saying four or five. Five. All right. I'm going to be a little bit more difficult, but I am still rooting for the Warriors. I think it's going to be in seven. I really think that the Boston defense is going to provide some issues and some problems. And we all know the Warriors at times, they get careless with the ball. They're really high in the turnover ratio. And they actually go into funks where, remember the game against uh, Memphis, where they really uh, pulled up a stinker. So yeah, I, I really they don't think care that, sometimes it seems. Yeah. yeah that, I'm going to say that that's going to at least be one of their games. But there's going to be some competitive out there. So I think, again, it's going to be the, the Golden State Warriors in seven. But there you have it right there, folks. Yes, uh, thanks so much again to Sean Grice, Laker Tom, and also Joe Sorrell. Join Joe Sorrell today in the great conversations that he has at LakersBall.com. Laker Tom, you got to go ahead and check out his latest articles today at LakerHolics.com. And, of course, Sean Grice. You got to go ahead and catch any of his shows that he stopped by on the program for. So please go ahead and do that today. But guys, thanks so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. Once again, a news flash to everybody out there. Our shows on YouTube and also the podcast outlets. I'm going to try so hard to schedule it Tuesdays and Fridays for the next couple of weeks. So just to let you know, so we can catch up Tuesdays and Fridays for the next couple weeks and then we'll go back to our regular schedule so check out our shows next week tuesday and friday right here at the lakers fast break podcast